Live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper, you are Live from the Path. <laughs> Shoot, that stuff went awry. Uh, you're listening to Life from the Path. What's that? Life from the Path. Do we have an Instagram handle? Yeah. What is it? I think it's at Life from the Path. No one else took Life from the Path? No. No, I don't think that's that popular of a name. <laughs> well, Live from the Path is. And so we get messed up with that guy. No, no, I think no, I think we're what? good here. I'm going to check Instagram. Uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so we were just talking before the show. Booba says, that the uh, just to point this out so you guys go all and look, uh, in case you only listen to the audio podcast, he wants me to change the start of the show because there's the picture of him. One, looks like he's 12. A huge 12-year-old. And so he's got, he's got a chipped tooth. And so you should go check it I out. I don't anymore. I'm not, I'm not likely to get around to it, to change it in the front of the show, to be honest. <laughs> I barely post the show. <laughs> Would it be faster? I don't look like a bridge troll any. Well, yeah, I do. What if you just gave everybody a chip tooth, Ben? Then we all would look the same. <laughs> we're all equal. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I can Man, do that. I appreciate y'all. Hey, okay. the people on Fiverr.com would do that stuff. I just send them a picture of Dan or whatever, and I'll say, look, give this guy a chip tooth and send it back to me, and they'll be the five bucks. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back once you do that, and I'm going to change my picture so I'm the only one who doesn't have a chip tooth. Hey, you don't have any technology editing skills at all. That's a that's an empty out. threat. I bet I can figure out. Completely empty. I think I could figure that out. We could give a chip tooth to the strip uh, to the thrift store priest. Does he have? Did you almost say strip store priest? Yeah, I did. He's he changed, I hope he that does not careers. exist. He makes no money. <laughs> he keeps on the long robe and <laughs> reads from <laughs> reads from the Book of Mark all the time. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> leaves. in his hand. <laughs> makes no statements. Does not move. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Get off the stage. <laughs> they give him money just to leave because he won't take off his cloak. <laughs> uh, all right, well, you're listening to Life from the Bath. Uh, thanks for hanging out with we us tonight. We should post that on Insta. <laughs> Here's what we got going on the show. Hashtag strip store breathe. Um Hey, so I got. we're going to do Secular Solomon. Yes. I got a round of Secular yeah, Solomon buddy. ready to go. We haven't done that in a while. I got to move chairs. Um, let's see. Mike, Mike, Mike would, would you, did you say you figured out you had some, uh, you wanted to jump in on, Mike wasn't here for the conversation on the ex-evangelical pastor Dave Gass. Uh, did you did you say you got stuff you wanted in on that? Yeah, here's I was listening to it on the way in, and uh, yeah, I thought that was a super interesting conversation, and I had a couple valid points that no one was in the van to hear with me, and so yeah, I'd like to chime in a little. <laughs> what are they? Okay, let me, I, the, the, <laughs> well, the, yeah, let's ready. hear it, Mike. <laughs> here's the main one that irritated me, Ben. How many times have you read through the Bible? Uh, like all the way through? Yeah. Uh, intentionally twice, like two programs, and then full, and then a bunch of random reading. Booba. I have no idea. Dan, no. I don't have any idea either. And the guy says, I've read through the Bible 42 times. And I think, what the heck are you reading for? I don't keep track of that at all. Yeah. Like, I keep no valid track of how many times I've read anything because I was reading it to get what it had to give me, not what to mark down for. And I thought, you're reading the Bible for the wrong reasons. That was totally foolish. I feel like, I, I, I mean, you guys kind of nailed the conversation, so I don't have to rehash it. But... Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think he, he missed, just listen to him list off his stats of all the things yeah. he did. I'm like... I can't remember half the stuff I've did that, that God's been involved with, right? Like, he keeps a tally. He numbers the hair on the head. You, you know, know what I'm saying? I actually thought that when we were talking about it, and, and my mind went back to a good old friend, Dennis Clark, who could tell you how many times 
he's gone through it only because he does it every year. Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah. so he knows how many years he's been doing it. It's not right. because he's like, notch. You know, right. He's I'm rocking just like, oh, 12 years. Yeah, 12 times. So I don't. I was giving him the benefit of the doubt on that, but <laughs> I, I don't know. That's probably pretty strong for him. I mean, I, I, I maybe I should take a secretive poll of people that I know and see if they can say how many times they've done. I know people that mark occasions where God has really showed up, and they mark those down so they can celebrate them. You know, and, and, and keep an eye on them. But on the whole, I feel like it's it's like having both people in your house do the counting work, right? God's keeping tallies. God says good, bad. God says here's what we're doing. And, and like, my job is just to follow whatever he's doing. Rarely do I see the signs on the road or the traffic jam ahead because I'm looking at the back of a cloak because I'm following Jesus. And so I don't care what's up there. I care where Jesus goes. And so if my whole life is seems to be to to be laid out before me and I've looked at the back of a a scruffy-haired man for Jerusalem for the, for 80 years of my life, I go, "Yeah, that's what that's what I wanted to see. We're good." <laughs> All right. We're good. We'll settle that. I mean, I was pointing to me when I was in the van. Okay. I thought I had some real zingers in there. <laughs> Were, all, were those all the zingers, Mike? Well, I don't want to say the rest now. I feel like the room's dirty kiss me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ben especially is leading the parade. I'm disappointed in Mike, I can tell by the look I, on his face. No, nah, man, I want to hear these zingers. No, Ben's got a vacuum sucking all the air out the room. No, no, I, th- <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was going to last longer. No, it wasn't. Oh, man. Why, That's all you got? Do you have some? You I were... didn't prepare a ton. I, thought, I was hoping you fill in some time. Yeah, we were kind of expecting you to have quite a few zingers. That was, well, that to was be it. honest, I was halfway through it, but then I had to pick up Booba, and then... And then Booba wouldn't let me talk. He was talking about all his stuff on the way over. So I got nothing. Hey, man. That conversation started by you asking me how my day was. Yeah, that was You've known me for 15 years. <laughs> you should have expected that. Yeah, hey, I handled that. The, the, the Booba tried that on me, not uh, I think, last week. He said, Ben, how's it going? I said, no, we'll get to that later. <laughs> so I didn't have to get involved in it directly. And then you said... He Boo. really did do that. That's not even a joke. That com- and it completely worked. Oh, man. Yeah. Hey, here's the deal. Like, I know, I know a few guys like that. Uh, Pants, who does the opening for the show, he does that kind of thing. Like, I mean, he's, I- I've gone to pick him up. I've probably picked that guy up uh, 500 times in our lives. Like, I've gone to somewhere to his house to pick him up. And he doesn't have but half a leg in the car. And he's like, how's the family? I'm like, we're not prepared to, to start a conversation here. And I frankly don't think it's going to mean anything to you because, I mean, your butt is not settled. Yeah, and so I always defer any of that kind of thing for later on when there's nothing else to talk about. I don't like to kick off with it. I mean, I, what I, do you like to kick off with? Ben's guide to life. Yeah, what's going on with you? Yeah, that's what I say. No, I don't do that. Actually, here's the thing: it's like I think I like to get right to the point of whatever we're meeting because I don't just like pick up people or go hang out with them just to hang out and share their company. So yeah. if we ran into you, it's for a reason. And so I like to get right to the reason that we that that we're whatever, man. I'm gonna start showing up at your place. That's a huge mistake. Nope. Gonna start showing up, <laughs> and I'm gonna walk in your house and be like, "Hey, man, I know we weren't planning on meeting for anything. How was your day?" Yeah, I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. <laughs> I got a bunch of other stuff planned. <laughs> nope. Yeah, too. That that sounds like breaking and entering. Yeah, it does. Like that's if, exactly what's happening. If you don't have a stated purpose and you are in my place, I feel like you've broken and entered. I, I know your wife. She will invite me in. Here's the thing. Is we have enough wild animals around the house that I keep a, a fairly accessible shotgun pretty close to the door. I don't worry about it. And so if you walk into the house, Bova, and make your regular noise, I might mistake you for some kind of wild animal. I, I, know, I know your wife. She's going to invite me in. Your kids will be Uncle Bova, and then I'll, ju- I'll, I'll, I'll come in and we'll hang out. We'll ask each other questions that don't really mean anything, like, how's your day going? Yeah. See, <laughs> or what's new with the family? Yeah. I mean, here they are. I've been asked that twice this week, and I don't know how to respond. 
Small so, talk with Mike Foost. What's going on with the family? I don't know. They're the same. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm terrible with that stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. Mike, I mean, stuff. Their hair grew three inches, I think. I don't here's, know. Here's what I want you to do I really want you to start doing that end of the year family newsletter thing. Like, I really want to receive that from you that just says everyone is a year older. Yeah. And that's the entire thing. Yeah, we did last year. You sent that? Okay, good. <laughs> Dan, this is the sad part. I would not be surprised I'm if you sent out a family yeah, we newsletter. Yeah, we did. That we says, used to do that. This is year. what's going on in Dan's life. Honestly, it got kind of embarrassing. Good. I mean, because my kids, I don't want to over brag them, but they do a lot of good stuff. I'm they, like, I just, I'm sitting here bragging on them. It's just like, they just never got in trouble. They never yeah. did bad. I mean, I was just like, that's a valid point. As yeah. someone who grew up with both your kids, it is, it is very, it's very sad. I mean, they were, they made parenting really easy. They were. <laughs> They made me look really good. That my brother and I them. did not do that with <laughs> you, my you family. Them. Yeah, no, <laughs> we, I don't believe that my parents would ever say, oh, man, Trey and Troy just made us both feel great all the time, <laughs> and it was never difficult. Uh, yeah, but I don't want to over brag. crappy stuff in the Christmas letter. Like, boy, Troy was a real disappointment this year. <laughs> you know what? That is exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to send out uh, a newsletter of all the terrible things that happened. Yeah, yeah, uh, Booba Skid Mark Singledinger. Uh, did the had, had Boo the following Skid Mark Zingledinger? That's a reflection of how your year actually was. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. Did, yeah, did my nickname just gets worse and worse and worse. <laughs> that that was people terrible. knew you were there, just not for a good reason. <laughs> people saw me at the front door and went, "Oh no, is that some kind of wild animal?" No, that's Booba. Uh, all right, all right. So uh, it was. What do I say? We're do Mike with some over? zingers. Thanks, we Mike. Have dear, dear life from the path. Did you preview any of that stuff? Mike? I looked at a couple of them. Okay. Uh, but no one's calling the complaint line. I'm real disappointed. I felt like last last week might kick out some yeah. legit complaints. I know it was I feel like people are listening. What, disc- what discussion did you think was going to flag a, a near team? I thought I, I thought that evangelical guy would. Uh, I, I thought there might be a perception that we were too hard on the guy. I felt I, I, I at the time I felt a little amped up, and then I listened back to a little bit, and I thought, nope, nailed it. <laughs> I mean, here's I felt th- pretty good about it. <laughs> here's the thing: is like I, I mean, I can't say that I've not seen, I've not. Uh, experience shades of what he's saying right but like i instantly i feel like i turn it back around and go god i don't know where i've i've gone off track here but i know you're solid so help me turn this thing around right like it's a fundamental the thing is the fundamental principle is that you to, to, to follow christ at all is you have to believe that god is good you have to believe that right and if you don't believe that then you're screwed you're you're not you're following a non a non thing and so, like, even when God does not heal who you thought he was going to heal or who you wanted him, well, you not even thought who you wanted him to heal, or God does not intervene where you wanted him to intervene, that if you don't, if you believe that God is good, you go, okay, you're good, and you chose to stay out of this or not do what I asked, and I'm going to let that go. I'm going to say, then that was in your, so- the, your sovereign province, and you decided that this was the thing, and I believe you're good, and so whatever decision made was good. And so... Help me, help me see the peace in it, and help me move on and follow you to other good things. And one of the things he said is, he said, what did he say? I'd never seen, in his 40 years of ministry, he'd never seen a spiritual healing. Or never seen anything of supernatural. And like, boy, I just, that means not only, not only do you not believe that God is good, as I don't think you know anybody that does, right? Because I, I can say that I've seen that in my, personally, in my life, Eh, not a ton, handful, maybe on, on one hand, maybe. But I know enough people who believe that God is good that, like, if I add all those people together, I got so much evidence I'd be a fool not to follow this thing, right? And so, like, I feel like if you've never seen it, then 
I don't think he ever believed that God was good anyway. And, if, and you don't know anyone that also believed that, that can believe that, because you've, you've heard so many tales. It's not like, it's not like every story uh, in the Bible is, you know, the, 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 the daughter being raised back up from the centurion's daughter, mm-hmm. right? Like, that didn't happen to everyone in Bethlehem. It didn't happen to every, It happened to that guy. Right, one the, the one recorded time that they have it in in that era and in that six month to year period, you know that's the story they told. And there's not the rest of uh, of the town going around going, well, obviously he doesn't exist because it happened to those people. It didn't happen to me, you know. Like that story enough is to go, what a great God! He chose to intervene in this thing. That's fantastic. And I I don't know. I I, I don't get that. Like like we read these pointed stories in the Bible and go, this should happen to me. This should be the thing that happens to me. And if you look at it even in its own context, it happened to one guy in a group of like 50,000. It happened to one dude. Right. It's like shaking hands with Lazarus and going, that's great, but my uncle still did, so God's not real. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, like if it doesn't, if it doesn't, I mean, I, I suppose that tells you how self-centered and self-focused we are is to say, it, it, and actually that's not disassociated with how we believe, right? Like with people's belief that they have their own reality, this is my truth, this is my reality of which may be different than yours. Um, to the fact that you can't personally affirm it, uh, then it seems appropriate for you to reject it, as opposed to the fact that says, no, seriously, you just shook hands with that man. He stinketh. He was dead. <laughs> uh, and you're like, well, yes, but it did not happen to me personally, and so it's possible that God is not working. Actually. So, yeah. like, just foolish. I mean, the same is true is like, and, and, and I'm certainly guilty of this, right? But, like, you will, you will catch something on the news where they'll say, hey, 20,000 people were killed by rebel guerrillas and whatever, and, like, that number twenty thousand doesn't it doesn't even get past my skin. Right. It doesn't bother me one bit. I go, twenty thousand, that seems like a lot. That's a big number. That's wrong. Yeah. But it didn't happen to me. And so I go, twenty thousand I mean, boy, I sound like a real jerk here. But it's true. I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like my you hear the news. Even bad. I mean, yeah. there's people there's stories every day. Yeah. Like even even now, so far removed from the Holocaust, the numbers are not staggering to my generation. And the, especially the generations after me. They're like, These many Jews were murdered senselessly and you're like, Man, it's awful. But it don't last more than 10 seconds, and that's sad. And so we do this. It's not like we do, we're dismissing you know, one miracle here because it didn't happen to us, and, and we're not doing it to other things. We're certainly doing it to all things. You know? And so um, it, it seems misplaced to not be able to look back on yourself with some honesty and go, hey, man, the, the real deal is I'm disappointed that it did not happen to me or in front of me or for well, this person. And I'm guessing he probably saw it, but he didn't give credit where credit was due. Right. You know, it, things happen. He just thought, oh, that was a boy. I'm sure glad for doctors. Well, uh, or, true. You know. True. And, and, and what, the whole story of the Bible is God using his people to get things done. And so it's very easy to attribute great things to people, mm-hmm. you know, and miss that, that God would have had a hand in it somewhere. And, and I'm sure that's at that point he'd go, this is where you're stretching, you right. know, where you're throwing things in and acting like, like this. But the truth of the matter is there's, I can't think of two occasions where God did something without someone else involved, where he just flat out did something. Usually, it's him using his people to accomplish something. And so some of the healings that we see are, 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 you know, are through modern medicine, through a doctor who thought, maybe it's this thing, you know, and like completely out of nowhere, or happened to pick out the one obscure text that no one's you know, borrowed in the library for 50 years, finds this weird disease and goes, man, this, this hits all the symptoms of this guy. I think we could get him some sodium, and he's going to turn right around. You know, and, yeah. and, and so you can easily dismiss the creation, the creator for the creation, right? Mm-hmm. And so you could, you could do that if you don't have an underlying thought process that God is good and would be faithful to do things like this anyway. 
Though I, you're right, it's, it's it was sad to listen to, frankly. Although it rung it rung some bells, right? Like I, I can't say that I haven't been in a couple of those places before. But instead of going, God owes this to me. I go, I, I've stopped looking at the back of the of the scruffy, you know, <laughs> Bethlehemian. <laughs> you know, like I've done. This is what I've done. I've taken my eyes off the thing, and I'm missing it. And it's palpable. It's palpable when you're looking left and Jesus turned right. <laughs> it's it's noticeable. Uh, say so, so there was a uh, there's a couple articles. Uh, an interesting one about uh, Christian service is not automatic for Christians. That surprise anybody? I don't know what Christian service means. Okay, so uh, here, here's the story. Many Christians admit to having difficulty in serving others, despite being called to do so in the Bible, according to a new report by Lifeway Research. For their 2019 Discipleship Pathway Assessment Study, the Nashville, Tennessee-based Lifeway found that less than half of Protestant churchgoers surveyed said they intentionally give up certain purchases so they can use that money to help others. Which is, like, that's not the same thing as that I don't, I don't serve. It's... It's specifically picking out something Lent style and saying, I'm going to give this thing up to be able to do X, Y, Z, which mm-hmm. I think is, I, I don't know, if you ask the question that way, I, it, it's possible that your research is skewed, right? Because, like, let's say if someone's tithing, right, they don't necessarily think of it as, hey, I gave up that, that amount of money's worth of coffee. They're just like, I gave it. Uh, as opposed to someone who goes, you know, I'm specifically going to give up coffee this week because I want to give it to the food bank. Well, Maybe, maybe I, I don't know what the broad thought is on, on uh, what, what's the biblical basis for serving others? What do you mean? Like, like if we say, hey, we found it in the Bible, what are they talking about? I mean, precedence from what Jesus did, like actually serving others. Yeah, right, so like take Jesus washing the disciples' feet, uh, sure. he, who came to serve. Right, right, right. right. So, so I, Love maybe, your neighbor as yourself. So uh, I I think maybe maybe the broad brush of how they're judging service, it, it's it's hard to define. Right? right? Did I yeah. give up money to give to something else? Is Did you really work in so, the nursery for an hour? Yeah. Right. Where's the? Right, that's exactly right. Did you work in the nursery? Did you go feed the homeless? You know? Did you donate your clothes uh, to a, a mission instead of taking them to the Goodwill or whatever? You know, like all these. Even the Goodwill will count. You know. <laughs> you know. But like, how do you how do you quantify the guy that that um, was working with another man, and then the other guy broke something, and he served the guy by not throwing the blame on him and walking away. You know what I'm saying? Like he said, "Look, we we had a, we had a run in. The things didn't go very well, um, but we'll get it fixed, boss." Right? Like that's that's the type of sacrificial serving that Jesus did. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. So I so th- maybe to bring it home, um, if if Jesus were to take this same survey, he would also be a no. That's what I'm. And if at. Jesus takes your survey and he comes and he's a no, then perhaps you're not answering, yeah. asking the right question. Jesus, did you work at the soup kitchen? You know, I didn't make it to the soup kitchen. <laughs> I didn't. Did you give up eating or drinking this thing on your normal routine so that you could give money to this cause? No, I did not. No, then, no. I didn't do those right. things. Right. It's such a. It's it's just so narrowly defined. Whoever you know raised the dead and healed the blind. Right. And, right. <laughs> right. Does that count on your survey? No, it does not. That's and they not say what okay. they say Jesus that don't staff our nursery. So you know, turn it around. <laughs> I see a dirty floor. Nobody vacuumed. <laughs> so it says um, they found that less than half of Protestant churchgoers surveyed said they intentionally gave up certain purchases. According to Lifeway, forty-one percent of respondents reported agreeing to give up certain purchases so they could use the money for other people. Thirty-two percent were neutral, and twenty-seven percent disagreed. I don't know. 
Uh, is serving others only giving up purchases to I give to other people? <laughs> that is jump, yeah. That is such a that's a very specific that is, thing to request. Uh, again, not to steal an internet word because it makes me angry, but like that is such a privileged question, right? That is a, it's such yeah. a privileged way of looking at service. Is the last say, thing I think of is money. When yeah, service. yeah, yeah. Uh, like there's so many other ways, like myriads and myriads of ways that you can serve people, and it doesn't require specifically – like it assumes that like you are spending your money on something that is intentionally or potentially frivolous and that you then are then subsequently targeting to get rid of it to put something good, which I get is kind of like a check behavior we do in – like we encourage people to do is like, hey, maybe give up that coffee and you can – uh, help save a child's life, right? Like you want to sponsor a kid. That's it. Yeah. We, I get we say things like that, but like to, to call that the definition of what service is yeah. is super blind. Yeah, that sniffs kind of pharisaical, to be honest. Like specifically, this is how much I'm giving up uh, of my money, and make sure that you you are checking yes on the question of I gave up personal like certain things. Uh, in the service of the Lord, it's like, well, did did you really give anything though besides like a little bit of money to not get your your like swimsuit you wanted this year? Like really? I mean, here's the. I think it's okay, right? You want to do like you intentionally do that. Like that's good. But like for that to be the standard of which, look, if you're not doing this, then maybe you're right. not hitting the the note of servanthood. Like that's lame. Or if, if you're giving from your abundance, you're not giving anything up. You're just adding. But that reminded me. This is what my pope sal was going to be. But it oh. was, I don't. For, I don't have a form enough to call pope sal. Okay? okay, fair oh, enough. Oh, but this was. I told you to come back. <laughs> he came. He came back. <laughs> Uh, today, uh, um, on the way home, I stopped by the grocery store to get some food, make some grill some food. And the gal in front of me, little old lady, she had to be in her eighties. I was trying to pay for something, and you know, you don't pay attention because you, you know, you're not like trying to be a creeper. Yeah. But she was having some struggle, and then I realized, like, wait, I don't think her card's working. Oh yeah. And and, I, and I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm going to just buy her groceries. She had like twenty seven dollars. I mean, yeah, I'm, right. Like, you know, I thought I'll just buy her groceries. But then I'm like, I got to make sure. So she tried it again, and it was declined. I'm like, oh, so I get my card out. By the time I, I, I processed, like, without being, like, weird, like, that I, sh- I can do this. She needs help. Yeah. She got another card out and paid for it. I thought, crap. And I was really actually kind of sad that that card went through because, like, I really wanted to help her. Well, yeah, I could have done but it. But I didn't move fast enough. Right. You, you know, because I, I was, like, processing too much. I thought too much about it. Well, that, that wouldn't have been service, though. It would have been just, like, I just want to help her. Right. I, right. I mean, I wasn't thinking, yeah. well, I'll put my groceries away, but I'm still going to get my groceries. Oh, right. <laughs> right. But I'll get hers too. Right. Like uh, paying for the person behind you in the right. drive-thru. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know. Um, I mean, so it was kind of a fail, but yet it's like my pulp style was going to be like, well, do it. I mean, yeah, right. Just, just do the thing. <laughs> Stop thinking about it. You know, actually, Dan, I, I, th- that, that has come up. Uh, we were talking about that in our, um, as part of our, our, our church community, is that like oftentimes when something comes up, um, and so, so something happens in a family or whatever, you go, hey, let us know if you need help. And you know what? They're not going to do it. They yeah. don't ever let yep. you know that they need help. Like every once in a blue moon. Just just do the help. Do it. Buy the gift card. Send the groceries. Buy I've the gas. I've not done so many things in my life because I thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. Fire it up. Send man. the money over. What, what's the worst that could That's happen? That's incredibly true. Ah, oh, man. Uh, yeah. I, and it's always like, hey, definitely. And here's, here's, where I, here's how this came up. There was, um, there was someone at church whose, whose parents had, a, uh, had an incident where their, their house burned down. Um, and we said that's more than an incident. I don't. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. a pretty big deal, man. <laughs> okay, a bump in the road. <laughs> oh, the house burned. We, we had a snafu. <laughs> f- flying the ointment. The house burns down. 
And so we said, uh, and so of course, you know, like we're, we're, we're praying and we're, we're talking with them and stuff. And we say, hey, look, definitely, you know, let us know if there's anything we can do to help. They go, yeah, definitely, I will. I'll let you know. And nothing. Didn't ever say anything. Two weeks later, uh, they came back to church and they were just kind of sharing an update and they told a story and they said, look, boy, the, there was an old church that, that the, the parents had been at and uh, full, full little old ladies, and, like small church, 30, 40 people, and they sent cards and like little bits of money, like we're talking five bucks, 10 bucks or whatever. Uh, that means nothing in the grand scheme of our house burnt down. Right, right. But she was talking about like, my, like the, that her parents were just so elated to get all these warm wishes and greetings from this, these 25, 30 old ladies sending little bits of money. And I thought to myself, hey, man, you, you didn't say they could use any help. Like we said we, we would be able to help. And <laughs> you said they needed five bucks. We had it. No one's, I mean, we could have we <laughs> done this thing. And I thought, you know who nailed this thing? Old ladies who go, yeah. hey, not hey, hey, do you want us to send cards? They're like, hey, we're going to mail a card, and we're going to put five bucks in it. Yeah. And we don't care if it doesn't help or if it feels awkward or whatever. Put five bucks in there, and we're sending it because we want to. Yep. And I thought, shoot, we've missed the boat on this thing, waiting for people who need help to say they need help. If you see someone needs help, just do the help. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That was that was uh, that that something clicked in me that said I, I've I've offered to help a hundred times and I've got like two people say, yeah, you know, I could use some help. Fine. I I asked because it seemed apparent. Let's just do it. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. true. It's like you're not so far removed from all humanity that you can't take a stab on what to do, right? Like if a family had. A t- they, you just know that they had a terrible Saturday night, and it just went awful for them, and they, one of their kids was in the hospital or something, right? And everybody was up till 3 a.m., and they still drug themselves into church the next day. You're buying them lunch, and you're going to show up at their house with lunch and say, here's lunch. We got this covered. Oh, no, we could have got it. But you didn't. And here's the lunch. And we're going to go. We're not staying here to eat it with you. You're just going to hang out at your own house and calm down for a minute and take a breath and eat the lunch. And we're leaving. See ya. <laughs> you know? And, like, there's no one in the world that goes, man, they've really inconvenienced me by bringing this lunch over. Right. And I feel terrible. They're like, this is great. I really could have used this breath. I appreciate the lunch. You know? And yeah. so you know, like, I think you're, the people are always worried about offending or getting in the middle of someone's, of the way they run their house. You know? And you're like, yeah. man, I don't want to interrupt them. Or I, I, you know what? If they already have plans busy. with somebody, blah, 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 whatever. Like, you know, put a little bit of thought into it. People that got a ton of kids. Their plans aren't very flexible. People that got one or two kids, they're a little bit more flexible. And so they got, you know, they got to, they got to, you know, they're more likely to move and shake. So when you bring them something, bring them something they got a microwave. The t- people with ten kids, you bring them fresh cooked crap because they ain't going nowhere. <laughs> they're gonna eat it to home. <laughs> so you know, put a couple thoughts into it and then just get it done. I agree. I, that's the way to live. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, interesting though, it, it broke down. They said they noted that younger churchgoers were more likely to strongly agree to intentionally give up purchases. Uh, with 22% of churchgoers age 18 to 34 saying they strongly agree versus 18% for those aged 35 to 49. Uh, so I find this interesting in light of their conversation. Uh, it's because by, by the time you're 18 to 34, or um, you're 35 to 39, you're 49, you're having our, our conversation. You're like, really? This is the definition? Because I'm doing other things. I don't, yeah. I'm not giving up something just so I can make the survey checkbox. Yeah. Uh, they said broken down racially, Hispanics were the most likely to strongly agree at 25%. I call this survey, a, this is a huge nothing burger, because, I mean, the strongest thing you have <laughs> is 25%. And so, uh, like, I, I don't know how they don't look at this. Lifeway puts out tons of, of research. I think I would look at this and go, hey, we, we, we missed the mark here, boys. Just throw this one away. Let's start something else. <laughs> yeah, there was nothing statistically interesting. Yeah. Right. Hey, uh, hey, Ben. Yeah. I'm sorry to do this. No, what? But I got something in my heart, and I feel like I got a Pope style. Okay. And I usually let you, like, introduce that, but... I'm not going to let you because I need to say this stuff. Yeah, okay. Is that cool beans? 
I'm not asking Ben's permission. I don't Roll know how on, I feel Bubba. about it. All right, awesome. Um, <laughs> hey, man. So the last two days have been rough. Okay. Okay. Really rough. But they started great yesterday, and I just now realized I totally failed in the last 16 hours. Like, absolutely failed God. Here's why. I let the, the world completely rob me of my joy in the last, like, 20 hours. And I just now realized how bad it was. So here's the deal. So yesterday, I was at, uh, I was at family's house, and we were getting ready to do church. Because I had just cutting off, like, a 12-hour shift, and I was really tired. And I started listening to some worship music with the family as we were getting ready for everything, right? And out of nowhere, I just felt like this overwhelming feeling to start crying. And that was, that was awkward for me, like really weird. I didn't know what was going on. But I was listening to, to a song that, that was this weird, like anthemic, like circular worship song uh, called Fill My Cup. And it drove me nuts the first couple times I heard it because it was just the same thing over and over again. Just like fill my cup, fill my cup, and stuff like that, right? And, it, and I just didn't get it. But then yesterday as I'm sitting there uh, amongst family and amongst people that are just loving on me and amongst the presence of God in that place, uh, like it was, it was overwhelming, completely overwhelming. And I started crying, and I had to go out on the on the deck to cry. And it wasn't like a sad moment. It was just like a wow. Like, I've been missing out on your joy and your peace, God, for so long. Like, when I really feel in it, it is insane. It is absolutely overwhelming, and I cannot handle it, right? And so I, I had that feeling. I had that moment twice. Like, I cried for 10 minutes, and then I walked back inside and hung out for a bit. And then I had to walk back outside because I started crying again. And again, it was just this overwhelming feeling of like, Man, this is it. Like, this is what it's actually like, and this is what it really feels like. This is, this is family. This is, this, is, this is feeling like I'm in your spirit, right? And then not five hours later, after I woke back up from a nap, uh, work started happening and got in the way. And I started getting really upset about some work stuff. And I completely lost sight of the joy and the peace that I had had five hours prior to this. And I got so beast angry that, like, I let go of all of this, Okay. And I, it got even worse today because, like, I, I slept last night and I woke up this morning and just continued. And I went to work and it was awful, 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 and it, it, it stunk. And there was a lot of stuff going on. And I've just been fuming mad all day mm-hmm. and angry at, at certain things. And it's literally hit me in the last 10 minutes uh, of sitting here on the show that I wasted the last 20 hours being angry. Like, I really did. Yeah. I complete. I, I mean, it, was, it, it means nothing. Like, the work stuff that I've had meant absolutely nothing. Everything got figured out. Uh, my anger didn't change anybody. My, my, my being upset did not change a thing. It literally just made me in a bad mood all day. And in the last 10 minutes, I just thought to myself, Dad, I'm sorry. I wasted a day with you because I sat there fuming in my anger from worldly stuff and didn't remind myself that my joy and my peace comes from you. And, like, the Holy Spirit is what, what keeps me focused on being happy. And my truck tire blew like an hour ago. And instead of getting angry about it, I'm just sitting here thinking, Dad, you got it. <laughs> like, I'm not really worried about it. It didn't take very long to figure out what happened. I'm okay. I'm alive. I'll figure out the tire. But, like, I'm just mad at myself right now for wasting that day. And, and I've been sitting here listening to you guys, and I just really wanted to share that. Like, if you're it, it, honestly trying to, to walk with Jesus and spend your time doing this stuff, like, he promises you peace. And he promises you joy, and he offers this stuff. And, like, this is, this is natural fruit and outpouring from a real and freeing and loving relationship with him. And because I let the world run me for less than a day, I missed out on a great day walking with my Lord. And I'm sad about that. And I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, tomorrow's a new day. 
very excited about that. And I want to make sure that I choose the right actions and I choose the right mentality to understand that today is going to be so much better if I just decide to hang out in his hands and hang out in his rest and not be angry and not let things worry me and just spend time in his peace and in his joy. Yeah. I like that Pope style advice. Yeah. That, for some, here's the image that came when you were talking about being angry. The, the, the first image that came to me was the guy who just, uh, who is so bad that he, he wets his pants <laughs> to show the world. That did how, not happen. Hold on. Hold on a minute. <laughs> Let it play out, Booba. <laughs> right, a guy who wets his pants to show the world how angry he is. And, of course, the only guy that is negatively impacted <laughs> for that expression of anger is the man sitting in urine pants. <laughs> Uh, and and like and he's wrecked his own he's wrecked his own thing, but to no consequence to anyone else around him. And so it's it's kind of that kind of thing that like how you express whatever's going on around you. Uh, the only person that it ruined or that it had any impact at all on was you. And then you just had to sit in wet pants. Yeah, for all day. Uh, it was terrible. And it was, it was, yeah, and it, was, it created no value. Like, and it felt like the thing that's like, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna express myself. <laughs> I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get this anger out. And then like, and then what? You're the you sit in wet pants all day. Anyway, I don't know why that that's what popped into me. But it was you wet in your drawers? Yeah. I didn't like it at first, but I get where you're coming from, and I agree. With <laughs> it. it makes perfect sense. Yeah. I agree with it entirely. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try and set the record straight. I like that. No, yeah, I think it's good. Uh, no, you know, you know, Boo, I think that's a strong. Um, I, my, my kids and I were talking about this last night. Is is trying to move from um, uh, slap your hand behavior? God, don't don't help me to not be angry. To like God help create in me the desire for the deeper well. Boob and I were, were talking actually t- talking a bit about yeah. this early this week too. Is that like um, it's it's that like uh, as opposed to uh, yes, I, I think there's there's the behavior stuff. Like God. God calls us to faithfulness, which is like a combination of of, of love and obedience. Like it's act, mm-hmm. that's where those two things live together. They're married in faithfulness. This says, uh, "I love, uh, I love God, and so I will obey God. I will obey His commands because back to what Mike was saying, because I trust that they are good, and He yep. wants what is good for me." And so, um, but but oftentimes, I think from a rudimentary state, we say, "Lord, I don't want to do the things You told me not to do. Please help me." To not do those things, but then that that's focuses primarily on my own effort and ability to stop doing those things. But the core, the core thing that really drives behavior is the, the desire to want something better. Help, basically, help convince me that this thing actually isn't good, right? Because I always reach for the things that are my choice as opposed to God's choice. Because in that moment, I believe it's best. I believe that like this momentary thing, this momentary anger, this like whatever it is that that I have going on, the sin I'm going to choose. Like in this moment, this is this is the right, and like I've had it kind of floating through my mind over the last five days. And any sense of t- kind of temptation or anything shows up in my life, um, it's just a phrase like, "No, I-, I want the good. I want the good thing. Yeah, I, I help it. Help it. I want the deeper well. Whatever this is offering me isn't actually the best thing. Otherwise, you would offer it. Like if you would offer me this this thing if it was really the best. And so um, I-, I think of that when in relation to the stuff that you're talking about because. It ultimately causes us to say, if God is offering it, if it's God's direction, then it has to be the best option. That's why he gives it to us that way. And so at the moment, um, I might be able to find relief in otherwise expressing anger or, you know, like whatever, the, whatever your, your sin of choice is. I might be able to find relief in doing whatever short-term measure that is. But what I need God to change in my heart is to strongly, to desire more than anything what he has expressly laid out as good. Um, which is, hey, this 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 worry uh, beyond my control is not valuable. Yeah. This anger, 
uh, is not righteous uh, and it is destructive to me. I want the good. Help point me to the good here. And not only just not for me to stop to just curtail it, not to just go, all right, I'm going to take 10 deep breaths and not get angry. Um, but to say, God, what is actually the good here? Point me to the actual right behavior and help me to want it. So that when I'm faced with this choice, I go, boy, I could take this option, but I'm not going to because it's crappy. <laughs> right. I want this best thing that you're offering here. And that's, that's faithfulness. That's an obedience and love for God to do the things that he asked us to do because they are inherently good. Yeah, absolutely. I think that you know, within the last couple of weeks, the, the, the thought process that I've had and kind of putting things through discernment are, are, is, is the things that I'm putting in and the things that I'm filling myself with, like, are they real? Like, are they, are they real in, in, the, in the light of, like, God's existence, right? Like, are these things that I'm creating and they're fake? Are they things that, that I'm developing and they're fake? Or are they things that are coming from him and they're real? Because I can fill up the holes in my life fairly easily, but that doesn't mean it's, it's the right way to do it. And that doesn't mean that it, it, it fixes anything. And, and when I choose to fill myself up, fill my cup up with things that I have, it always fails. Every single time. I cannot tell you a single time in my entire existence that Buva has filled his own cup and I've gone, yeah, that this, was right. This tastes terrible. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> like, I, this was good. And every single time that I've allowed God to fill my cup with the new wine, right? Like, that, that stuff, that is real. And that is, that is good in his eyes and in the world. And, like, that's when things start happening. And I'm chained by my own stuff. And, and his stuff is real and free. And I love that. And that, I love those two words. That reminds me. So that's the example I gave the kids was like, because um, I, I like that, that, that deeper well thing, right? Like it's, it kind of ties to, to living water. And it says that like God's got this real, there is a good here, a good way of living, a good way of faithfulness. Um, and it may take a little longer to drop the bucket. But like it's the right thing. Right. Uh, but I said like you, you're, you, it's the it's the difference between doing that and drinking from a puddle. And so yeah. the puddle is shallow. There's only so much water in there. It's probably dirty. Someone else has probably stepped in it. But at the moment, I dip my hand in there. I'm like, this will bring me some relief. And it very well might for about a half a second. And then I realize it was poisoned. It yep. what or or that hey I can it, it may have worked but it's dirty and it will eventually run out. And it's not the same thing as what God was offering. And so, like, uh, in the, their example was that basically they're arguing with each other. And, like, it may feel, feel real good right then to be able to lash out at your sister and tell them that they suck uh, and, like, whatever's going on around them. And, 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 and you may feel some sense of relief for having yelled at them. But, like, what always follows? There's guilt associated with it because yeah. you're like, boy, I just I feel like I might have overreacted there. And I didn't bring, I didn't bring positive uh, interactions with my sister. It was negative stuff. The deeper well of being able to, like, you know, talk through your stuff and show grace and humility and kindness to people uh, through those things. Like, uh, I, don't, I don't ever have those types of conversations and then walk away going, oh, man, that feels rough. I've over-humiliated it. That's right. Too that's much right. grace I'm, in that one. Hum- humiliated myself. Yeah. Um, and so, like, that's, that's, that's the difference between drinking from that shallow puddle um, and, and, and actually choosing the good, choosing that deeper well, the right path of obedience to what God is calling us to. Um, and it's not that the first one, it's not that the shallow one doesn't seem right for just a second. Um, but like long-term, it, it, that's the lie. I, I guess the reason I thought of that, Booba, based upon what, what you were talking about, was that's the fake. The yeah. fake is, is that I thought when I reached into the puddle and I got that first taste of the water that was in there that I thought, this will satisfy. And it was a lie. It wasn't really true. It never was going to satisfy, except for I convinced myself in the moment I stuck my hand in that like, yeah, but I'm going to choose this thing because it's faster than going to the well. It takes way less effort, and I think it'll work. 
And that's that's the thing. If you say how many times have I filled my own cup, for me it's the phrase, "Hey, I think this will work. I think <laughs> this I think this will satisfy yeah. the thing. Yeah. We can get by with this." Yeah, I don't have to do. Yeah, I know God said to do, handle it this way, but like He doesn't quite understand the nuance of my situation, and I'll handle it this way, and I think it'll be fine. Bad phrases forbid. I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be work out. Yeah, it's not true. Like the thing that God called us to the right thing because it's the right thing. I don't. I dig it. All right, I accept that as Pope's advice. Okay. I didn't know it was up for veto. Have you ever vetoed Pope's hot No, because I get to introduce it properly. Oh. I know. I took away his fun. I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. I mean, all you had to say was, hey, Ben, I might have seen a, a Pope hat in the mirror this week, and I would say, good night, man. I heard the same thing. And then I could, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm ready. Ben, I want you to take a step back and think, was that the important part to do, or yeah. was it important to just kind of say what I felt was Are hard? you saying that the introduction to Pope style is the puddle? <laughs> yes. In this in, in this instance, absolutely. I veto what Buva said. Yeah, I, I think it's very important, Ben. Yeah, he's he's tried to Pharisee me, and I won't. He's take turned it. on. I'm going to filibuster your vetoing, okay? <laughs> Buva's turned on us. I'd like to recite all of Star he's, Wars: A New he's Hope. He's drinking the chains. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you fill your cup with chains, Buva. And now for America's fastest growing game show. Oh, buddy. Secular or Solomon? Mike, you got to move. Hey, come on over, Mike. Yeah, you can sit in between Dan and I. Come on over. We'll share. We'll share. We'll share, we'll share a camera. Is there a microphone over there? We can. We can double up on the mic too. You're gonna sunny and share that microphone. <laughs> All right, hey, you have stumbled on America's fastest growing internet game show, Secular versus Solomon. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, here, uh, just take it. Your boob is mic works. Yeah, let's take the does. thrift store priest over to Mike's area. <laughs> That's my impersonation of Booba. <laughs> I was going to say, is that you doing a me? Yeah, I was going to say, Creole chef. <laughs> Catfish. <laughs> All right, uh, here's, here's the premise of the game. Um, if, you, if you're unfamiliar, I'm going to give you a sec- uh, proverb, a bit of wisdom. And uh, you need to tell me whether that is a secular bit of wisdom, it's of the world, or whether we're taking that from Scripture. And when I say proverb, uh, we're going to go broadly. It could be some sort, it could be Proverbs from the book of Proverbs, could be from Ecclesiastes, uh, could be from Solomon. Uh, there's a chance that it's from uh, that other guy, a few other fellows in the, that are in the Proverbs book. But uh, So anyway, and if it's not... If it's not biblical, then we need to figure out where this derelict wisdom is coming from, and I need you to tell me a country of origin. Dan, it has to be an actual country. Mine, mine are always yeah, good, very national. Good luck, Booba. <laughs> Secular Epcot Center. Hey, uh, uh, Many Booba, nations. Booba, you need to turn that camera just a bit. And, Mike, I'm not, just, just, I'm not going to be able to hear you sitting back there like that. Yeah, I'm going to push back the microphone. All right. Oh, great. So we can wait a half a second as you guys deal with this thing? All right. All right, well, this is going to work out. Here we go. All right. Secular versus Solomon. <laughs> Stop staring at the camera like that. <laughs> Secular versus Solomon. Uh, uh, let's start with Bova. Uh, a night without roosters will still end. A night without roosters will still end. Secular or Solomon Bova. I'm going to go uh, Secular Bolivia. Secular Bolivia, Mike. Secular Switzerland. Secular Switzerland, Dan. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> the Swiss. Dan, they don't have Dan finds the, in, the entirety of the Swiss culture hysterical. <laughs> Swiss miss, Swiss cheese, uh, everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, well it's, it's going to be secular, um, and not Switzerland. Hey, man, come up with your own country. Don't just <laughs> knock mics. I, I, I just, it's, it probably is. 
Um, an e- what is it? A night without roosters is still ends. Will still end. Uh, I'm just. I trying feel to- like you're overinvested in this, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get the wisdom from it. Dan, we've been doing this for years. Just put down a country. <laughs> But this is important. <laughs> yeah, man, don't. Dan's not phoning in. He's, he's it's like the setup to the Pope style. It's the chains in the cup. <laughs> Here's what I think. It's it's kind of a, a nothing thing. I'm going Canada. <laughs> See the, what? The Canadians are nothing. Pretty much. So you think they the Swiss are hysterical? Here, the Canadians yeah. are nothing. Making a little noise. Dan, that took you two minutes to say. Oh, it's a nothing thing. Canada. It took. I, it, I couldn't land it. I finally decided it's because of Canadian. Hey, Moses, man. It's a Canadian it's non like a sequitur. It's, it's a, Dan finds no wisdom in it. A night without roosters will still end. So even if there is uh, the normal evidence for something completing uh, does not mean that it's actually the end of the thing. It will otherwise end on its own. Uh, Dan says that's Canadian. Uh, the Canadians are confused and obviously don't have any wisdom. That's why they behave the way they do. Have you seen their coins? It's, that's, that, no, that's, no, that's true. Nailed it. <laughs> um, the answer is secular Ghana. Yes, Ghana. Mike, you do not say Ghana. I'm gonna get it right. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Booba, I whip myself. <laughs> <laughs> He's an angry man. <laughs> I love uh, it over here. <laughs> I feel like a brand new man. Secular <laughs> oh, no. or Solomon? It's my turn. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't take this. I'm going to sit over here all the time. This makes me happy. This is, this is why I don't get to host a legit game show. I, I don't have any chill. I can't handle the room. All right, here we go. Like clouds and wind without rain is the man who boasts of a gift he does not give. Solomon. Like clouds and wind without rain is the man who boasts of a gift he does not give. I'm going to go with Solomon. So, Solomon, Dan. Yeah, I agree. Solomon. He's in with Solomon Booba. Solomon, Proverbs 19. Proverbs 19. Booba, as always, unnecessarily sticks his neck out. He said it didn't take two and a half minutes to say, Ugh, it's a nothing, Canada. <laughs> That's worthless. <laughs> All right, like clouds and wind without rain is a man who boasts of a gift he does not give. That is indeed Solomon, Proverbs 25. In a prideful boast, Booba's incredible. I'm not going to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, what's the wisdom there? <laughs> I love it here. <laughs> what's the next, what's the next hold one? on, hold on. So clouds and wind without rain. So things that don't exist uh, without actually producing is the man who boasts of a gift he does not give. Okay. What, what's the yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. Blowing it, blowing it dry like a Canadian. Wait, okay. man, have you changed the premise of this game to where you're going to break down this, the proverb I'm as just, well? Maybe we could pick up if it's a bit of wisdom, biblical wisdom. Maybe we make sure we understand what's going on. I mean, this game show is wisdom? about to take 17 times. It's crying as long. out in the street, someone should answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. This is where Ben says, "Let me give you the three-minute flyover version of this proverb," and then 20 minutes later, you've tied your shoes three times and wondered if your watch is still working. I don't. And Ben goes, "Now it's all about." The Hasid. <laughs> I don't act like that. <laughs> you definitely act like that. <laughs> All right, secular Solomon. Uh, bread, bread gained by deceit is sweet to a man, but afterward his mouth will be full of gravel. Bread gained by deceit is sweet to a man, but afterward his mouth will be full of gravel. Secular or Solomon? Dan. I'm, I'm going to go Solomon. Dan's in for Solomon. Bova. 
Proverbs 15. Proverbs <laughs> 15. Sticking with it, Mike. Hey, man, this is almost apropos for that conversation we had earlier about drinking from the puddle. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's this right is on. right on. Yep. Which is godly wisdom. So I'm going to go with uh, Solomon. Like and it. I'm going to say, I'm going to get out Booba's big red wiffle ball bat, take a swing. <laughs> and I'm going to say Proverbs 19. Uh, let's see. Bread gained by deceit is sweet to a man, but afterward his mouth will be full of gravel. That is indeed Solomon. Proverbs 20. Yeah. Man. Mike yeah. was the closest without going over. <laughs> I don't even know how many times I've read my Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I just know these things. <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. <clears throat> Secular or Solomon, a king's wrath is a messenger of death, and a wise man will appease it. A king's wrath is a messenger of death, and a wise man will appease it. Secular or Solomon? Boova. Uh, Solomon Proverbs 11. Uh, Boova's in for Solomon. Mike? So I'm going to guess Solomon, but I'm, I, I might need further explanation here because I've thought of three scenarios right here and now that would, you wouldn't want to appease, even if the king was angry about it. But I'm going to go with Solomon. Mike's in for Solomon. Dan? Yes, I, I concur. Solomon. All right. Uh, Somewhere between 15 and 20. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, all, right. all right, we're bowling for, for a turkey here. King's wrath is a messenger of death, and a wise man will appease it. That is indeed Solomon, Proverbs 16. Yes! <laughs> In your face, Canada. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, in Proverbs somewhere in the entire book. <laughs> Nailed it. It's in the teens. <laughs> so uh, here's the thing is what if the king's like, I don't like, I don't like women. And then he wants them all. He orders them all to die. I mean, why would it say a wise man is best to appease it? I mean, I don't. I think it's. You don't want to get in trouble. I think it's assuming that the yeah. uh, king is not a despot. Well, like, I mean, it like, makes life easier on. Yeah, you. I mean, you know, go with the flow. So, like, what he said, I don't like wallpaper. I mean, what kind of thing would he want to get rid of? I don't like the bells. No more bells on cows. I'm done. It's, it's uh, basically it's wise to appease a man who has the ability to otherwise uh, do you harm. So, like, if someone comes up and says, give me your wallet or I'll kill you, it's best to just give Hand them the wallet. Hand it over. Yeah. Appease them. Give me your ear or I'll kill you. Same? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and one of your kneecaps. Sure. Scalp it out. <laughs> I'll just hang tight. <laughs> do what you got to do, friend. That went dark. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, I'm just saying, can I, can I extrapolate the whole Bible no. from this one proverb or not? <laughs> no. No, okay. obviously not. I haven't read that, that part of Proverbs very often. I apologize. <laughs> All right. Uh, secular or Solomon, a good name is better than a nice scent. A nice good name scent. is better than a nice scent. Secular or Solomon, Mike? Mm, no. I just don't agree with that. <laughs> I've met some real stank fellas, and I don't care what their name is, because I call them stank. <laughs> I can't say, that stinky beard man over there. He got, he got the whiff to the nasty, and then I don't even ask what his name is anymore. He's Stinky Joe, and that's how I refer to that, him from here on out. That's true. I, I don't think I would easily be appeased if someone were to say, hey, man, that guy really stinks. Yeah, but his name is, you know, Joseph. Yeah, <laughs> right. Everyone goes, here comes Spittoon, because they don't care what his name is anymore. His name is Spittoon until he cleans himself up. I, that, that type of wisdom can only come from one place, and that's Italy. <laughs> All right, Mike's in for Italy. A good name is better than a nice scent, Dan. Uh, that's an Egyptian proverb. Dan says Egypt. Move it. Secular Russia. Secular Russia. Move infers that there's uh, stinky but well-named. Hey, man, I can't. I read a book by a Russian not, not earlier this year. And, like, I mean, the Russian names are difficult. 
So, I mean, I feel like if that was Russia, I mean, are they difficult to Russians? No. Do Russia, Russian kids grow up and they're all like... Uh, I think they get it. Huh. Yeah. Hey, so that goes back to my point about changing Jesus' name from Yeshua. You know what I'm saying? We still call Vladimir in this country Vladimir. You know what I'm saying? It's transliterated. Yeah, we don't get him saying. over here and then call him Victor. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't understand it. I think it happens in other countries, though. I, I think it. The United States is pretty open to say, however you say your name and your culture is how we say it. But, like, if you go, I think if you go to another culture, they will try to say it how they, uh, how they would read it. Like, in Eng- like England? Who, who did, who changed it from Yeshua to Jesus? Who did it, Ben? It's a man's <laughs> name. <laughs> Uh, Tyndale, actually. That would have happened in Tyndale. And he's from where? Where's he from? England. Yeah. Yeah, I knew it. I mean, Tyndale did great things. Just, hey, man, I mean, wasn't the whole point of <laughs> like a lot of Ellis Island changing people's names? Like, I'm pretty sure that happened daily. When people came to America, they got their names changed. Yeah. So it's not an American thing to just let people be called what they want to be called. Well, that's because you had a lazy guy at the port. But that's, uh, I'm just saying, like, if you, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, regardless if it was a lazy guy at the port or not, that exactly he happened. couldn't spell. They're like, hey, my name is Rabinowitz, and, like, your new name is Thomas, because we can't spell Rabinowitz. Right, it, we, took, we took your ethnic name, and now, oh, your dad's name's John Fine, you're Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I, exactly how that happened. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, I mean, I understand. I'm just saying, like, uh, let's go with, mo- I'm not talking Ellis Island, we're talking, like, modern times. Hey, I can see you in the camera. <laughs> Make it a good name is better than a nice scent. Russia, Se- secular Solomon. The answer is secular Kenya. I take pleasure in that you're all wrong. Wow, <laughs> Dan was pretty close with Egypt, though. Apparently, he doesn't agree with me. No, I, I was going to say Zambia. Dan celebrated a five-chapter swath he threw out not two questions ago <laughs> with an emphatic, yes. <laughs> I, I was really caught on the stench of Egypt and, and mummies. People stink in Egypt. <laughs> no, they, I mean, they, they don't really bury them. They just throw them in a to- stone yeah. pyramid. And they thousands of years ago, I think they go through regular burial processes now. <laughs> no, no, no. There's always a connection Hold on, to my Dan, answers. You just said mummies. The yeah. whole thing of mummies... They was stink. to make snow. They, they took everything out of those things, dead. so there was nothing to actually decompose flesh. and smell bad. Ah, they put them in spices. See, they tried to. Yeah, literally, with a good name. they did everything they could so I that know, it wouldn't smell bad. Now you're calling out the name, culture. And then they got the bad spices. Yeah, Jesus was buried that way too, man. Right. He, he stunk. <laughs> Wasn't there like perfume? They went and to stuff go like do that? it, and he, he's like, "I waited long enough. You didn't come." I woke up. I don't. Th- I don't think that was the point of the rising after three days. That's why he. That I don't think Jesus said that. It's like, oh man, I waited for you guys to show Tinks up, but now here. I'm terrible. All right, I suppose it's time. But- that's why he took off that napkin and folded. He says, "This smells. I can't keep wearing this." <laughs> so I had a good name, but they changed it. Somebody was dead in this thing. It would have been like a lifetime, uh, a lifetime movie if, if for the resurrection to happen. A woman had to go in and uncover Jesus' feet. Very similar to Boaz. You know what I'm saying? Like, it turned out that he just got, he'll wake up on his own. You just got to get his feet all chillied up. And then, and then he's just going to pop out. <laughs> all right. Secular or Solomon. Dung is no saint, but where it falls, it works miracles. Dung is no saint, but where it falls, it works miracles. Secular or Solomon. Dan. Uh, that's in India. Dan says it's, he thinks he hears dung. He says India. Move uh, uh, Secular Democratic Republic of the Congo. They, again, offensive to the Congo, Mike. I, I, doesn't it have to be a place that actually believes in saints? That has a religion that is based in saints? I think that's the, the Congo. Congo Mike. What do you mean? What's the religion of the, the Congo? 
I can't hear Booba. Yeah, it's because I took his microphone. There was a vibrant church there. We have a gal named Esperance. I was going to say, the Congolese, that, uh, I believe, have some Catholic. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to go with the Congolese. Okay, but the Congo. Mike's in for... Every time I go to the store, I buy Congolese rice. Hey. <laughs> That is not. I don't think. I don't think that worked on any level. <laughs> that should not be dignified. <laughs> Mike is laughing much too hard at this. Young, what is going on over there? What's what? he, just, he what's, keeps? He keeps repeating his joke, and it's making him laugh harder. What's I mean? What's was there CBD mist over in your side of the room, Bova? I don't understand. The triple X church. I, hey guy man, I got a good name. Don't, don't worry about over it. there. All right, Dung is no saint. But where it falls, it works miracles. It is indeed secular Spain. Congolese rice. What did I say? Do not dignify that. I'm sorry. It hit me harder the second time. All right. Secular. Uh. You right. said Spain? All right. Fine, Spain. Secular Solomon. Uh, the, simple, the simple man believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. The simple man believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. Secular Solomon, Buva. Uh, Solomon, Proverbs 5. Proverbs 5, Mike. Solomon. <laughs> Dan? Solomon. Dan's in with Solomon. All right. The simple man believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. Is these Solomon, Proverbs 14? I meant to say Proverbs 5 through 20. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah! Mike, yeah. Mike, aren't you supposed to be keeping score? What's the score here? I got uh, 75, Dan's uh, 24, and Booba's hovering at uh, two, two points in the positive. Oh, He's man. not doing well. I mean, that's not bad. Sometimes Booba ends up, ends up yeah. James Holzhauser in hey, this thing. He's the, there's, still, there's still room yet in the game, Ben. <laughs> okay. All right, uh, speaking of which, uh, Secular Solomon, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Secular or Solomon, Mike? That's definitely Solomon, and I'm going to say that's uh, Proverbs four. Solomon, Proverbs four, Dan. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm Solomon as well. Uh, very good, Bova. Proverbs six. Uh, is that your opinion? Yes. Mm. <laughs> hey, you caught me. <laughs> no wisdom in that. Uh, Proverbs 6 through 12. Uh, Abuva takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. It is Solomon, Proverbs 18. Man. Proverbs 18. I was close. It's, it is funny that the Hebrew for fool is, is Buva. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Uh, uh, secular, Should have got a new name instead of this pretty scent. Here's what I know for a fact. If that were true, it would have come up a long time ago. Uh, secular or Solomon, if there is a lid that does not fit... There is a lid that does. If there is a lid that does not fit, there is a lid that does. Secular or Solomon? Uh, Buva? Secular. Pyrex. Yeah, I did it. That's right. Um, block. Um, <laughs> you don't have to dignify that. Country of origin. Oh, fine. America. Uh, if there is a lid that does not fit, there is a lid that does. Mike? I don't want to sit over here anymore. <laughs> The joy is left. Oh, the joy is gone. It killed the room. Oh, man. I'm going to go with uh, secular and uh, Tibet. Secular Tibet, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Can't say you have your own solid guess, Mike. <laughs> it, it, is, it is secular, and uh, it, it is uh, China. 
because they make lots of products <laughs> that they've got to connect the correct lids to. Dan, both of us failed on this one. <laughs> the manufacturing in China is to the extent that lids are an actual problem. <laughs> but because they make so many, they'll find one. There'll be one work. that fits. There has to be one that fits. Exactly. Uh, you know what? Dan's going to be vindicated here. Uh, if there is a lid that does not fit, there is a lid that does. It is Secular Japan. Oh, what? Very close. Very close. It is a false Miyagi, but it was close. <laughs> a false, a uh, false Miyagi. All right. Um... Oh, here we go. Rounding out the game. Here we go. Uh, if uh, Secular Solomon, if you do not strike back at him who hits you, there is no way for him to find out whether you also have hands. <laughs> if you do not strike back at him who hits you, please worry about the country that needs this as a proverb. There's no way for him to find out whether you also have hands. Secular or Solomon, Mike. I, got, I, I love this situation. This sounds like a dad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, how are they supposed to know you have hands, boy, unless you smack them? <laughs> There's only one country that's rough and tumble like that, and that is uh, secular Greece. Mike says that the Greeks, hey, man, those guys wrestled in the nude. Uh, I mean, they might be up to something. Dan. I don't know. You can't hide hands when you're wrestling in the nude. (laughs) You know your opponent has hands. I mean, you best be happy this proverb is potentially not from Greece, I guess. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I'm going secular, and um, I'm going with what I was going to say earlier with Zambia, because, yeah, just because. There's a question of hands in Zambia. There, there are lots of questions of... of, of. Move Secular Romania. Any particular reason? I have no idea. I expect some more intelligent guesses here, boys. <laughs> if you wouldn't have asked me, it could have sounded intelligent. That's true. You wouldn't have... That, right. You would, I've, I've brought you out anti-Solomon style to express yourself as a fool when you otherwise could have kept silent. Yep. I did not permit it. If you do not strike back at him who hits you... There's no way for him to find out whether you also have hands. Uh, the answer is secular Russia. Because they do chop hands off there. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that's where you were going, Dan. I mean, I, I just couldn't. I was kind of distracted by a message. Yeah, it got me. And now. That's fair. America's yeah. uh, Dan is in a, and Romania is not that far away from Russia. I feel like I should get negative two points for that. Uh, Dan doesn't do the points. I was saying that to Mike. Yeah, final tally is... Uh, I think, I think I won with uh, sixty-seven. Uh, Dan was a close second at man. four, and Booba was in the hole negative thirteen. Well, that's oh, rough, Booba. Yeah, remember Every when he time. tried that Pyrex wink wink thing? Yeah. Hey. Boy, the judges did not like that at all. I, know. <laughs> I, I noticed that, Mike. Yeah, I noticed that. They that's went, what happens when I try and fill up my own cup. I, I could with weeping, my own humor. They were weeping with joy, and now they're weeping. with I anger. got chains in the cup on that situation. I failed. I couldn't even put together a conciliatory laugh. It just, I mean. I noticed that too. I was embarrassed. Everybody got quiet. <laughs> it was, was every once in a while. I think, haha, this could be funny, and then I realize, boy, nah, man, the, when you ever try and be funny, your it's autobiography, Booba. Haha, this could be funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, the name of my autobiography is Table for One, please. Oh yeah, you said that already. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't find that clever the first time. <laughs> hey, yeah, it is. <laughs> no, I've tested that on test audiences, and they all thought it was wonderful. Yeah, they're afraid of you. They're afraid you're going Nobody's to Hulk them. afraid of me. You're going to, you're going to Hulk them if they, if they don't agree to your autobiography. Right, that's name. probably a valid point. Yeah. Yeah. You need to ask larger people. <laughs> you know what I need? I need a larger test audience. Literally. Uh, well, how many? No, no. I mean physically larger. <laughs> I need people, find... people who are not physically intimidated by me going, hey, is this an awesome name for an autobiography? I need to ask. And they respond with, please don't eat me. WWE superstars. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe a cattle ranchers. I don't know. <laughs> people, 
people were intimidating. Are you by chance a bounty hunter? Awesome. <laughs> what do you think about this? Man? I have some ideas to float by you. <laughs> Maybe a Russian who doesn't know whether you have hands or not. <laughs> All right, Mike. You got some advice on Dear Life from the Path? Uh, let's see here. So. Let's give our opinions. Dear Life from the Path. Oh, no. My father has a problem with food. He has no portion control. I got you. I have a book title for you, sir. <laughs> he rarely eats fruit or vegetables, never exercises, and is addicted to cigarettes. He admits he could do better, but makes no effort to improve his health. Mm-hmm. To be honest, Dad is lazy and gluttonous. Mm-hmm. I'm worried he will have cardiovascular health issues in the future. That seems appropriate. I wonder what degree Stop you Stop being worried. To Realize that, that is out. exactly what will happen. My siblings and mother share my concern. I'm a recent college graduate with a paying job, and I'm living at home temporarily to save money. I'm willing to exercise with him and can and can, can commit to encouraging him daily. How do I intervene without uh, without seeming disrespectful? Considering I still uh, I'm still under his roof. Well, that's a tough haul. Uh, uh, here's the deal. I think you've made the step. Like you can offer. Yeah. Um, but he can't. I mean, you can't exercise on his behalf. You can't eat differently on his behalf. You can't stop smoking cigarettes because you don't smoke already. Uh, uh, it, he has to want to do it. So like, you can create the opportunity. Um, but it is not your responsibility to like follow the man around and insist upon it. Yeah, you see, your your job here is is to be patient and loving in in receiving once he's ready. But please don't get discouraged. It's going to be so easy to get discouraged when when he does not respond to your advances for for walking and for doing stuff and wanting to quit and everything like that. It's it's going to stink, and it, it really has to hit him, and he has to be the one to choose it. You cannot force it, and no matter what you do, it, it has to be on him. Yeah, Don't kind of, lose heart. It's kind of like some of that we've, we've talked about some kind of addiction issues and stuff um, previous, or even just behavioral things with people. Like, they have to want to change it. Like, you just you can't live their life on their own behalf. Um, and so, like, you can, you can be there to, to offer to help. Um, you can meet them on the right path, um, but it is not... Um, you don't have to join them on the wrong one to be gracious and to be helpful. Um, you just have to always be willing to be waiting on the right path for them. Okay. <clears throat> Secular says, how about putting it this way? Dan, I love you so much. I want to have you around for a long time, but I'm worried sick that you're so sedentary. Your diet isn't healthy and you smoke. You don't start doing something about these things. They're going to bite you in the butt. Please let me help you to become more active. I'd love to exercise with you if you're willing. I know it would make you feel better if you do. How'd that, how would that phrase sit, Booba? I'd be mad. Yeah. But he already knows it. He knows that. Yeah, yeah no, he's he, not an idiot. That, yeah, that's right. exactly <laughs> it. Like this, this dude is not surprised at what's going on with his cigarette smoking. He's not surprised at the fact that he doesn't eat any fruit and vegetables. Like unless you are severely mentally handicapped, like you recognize what healthy stuff is for the most part, and like you're just making bad decisions. Yeah, you just go. Eh, nope. Right. Exactly. You nope. are you are openly choosing not to do these kind of things. Yeah. Realize that there may be something emotional behind this and mental behind this that isn't going to be fixed by just saying, "Hey, let's get up and walk." very easily could be coping mechanism with a very deep deep hurt yeah um and that's one of the biggest things especially when it's this out of whack uh you'd be astonished at how often society dismisses this kind of stuff um and makes it seem like oh they're just lazy or oh they just they don't want to help themselves and stuff like that but there a lot of times there's a lot of trauma behind that and your job is to be patient loving and understanding um and by no means enable them but uh but be be a safe place for them with forgiveness when when they're ready yeah, yeah. Uh, Secular finishes out. If your father is so addicted to nicotine that he can't quit on his own, suggest he talk to his doctor about a smoking cessation plan. If you say these things with love, it should not be regarded as disrespectful. 
Yeah, I don't know. Those smoking cessation plans are rough. They, used to, they have these pills or whatever you can take. Man, they just make you nauseous as all get out. It's, I would rather smoke than take them weird pills. I mean, pills. I, don't, I don't imagine that it should be taken as disrespectful. It's just no. like, it's just probably, it could be unwelcome. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah. not the same thing as like not respecting somebody just because well, you don't want to hear it. Yeah, I mean, and it, you also have to recognize that their their defensive nature may make it seem like it's disrespectful because they may even say that, but that doesn't mean inherently that it is. Uh, someone that's dealing with an addiction is a lot of the times going to be defensive, especially if they're not ready to give that addiction up, uh, because that's their safe place, and you're threatening that. And, and, and so in, if they respond with anger, that doesn't necessarily mean you came at it wrong. They may just be touchy on that. You know, over the years, I have at times told my wife, say, hey, uh, I'm not controlling my food intake. Uh, I want you to call me on the carpet when you And I get angry every time she Oh, absolutely. It's uh, like all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, no, that was yesterday. Oh, yeah. uh, Fritos are good today. Yeah. If, <laughs> if, if, if you're in a spot. How dare you? If you're in a spot, especially of legitimate full-blown addiction, even asking for accountability in the moment may be a strong point for you, but when you're weak, Accountability hurts. Just, yeah, Accountability just like, is nope, angering. It's, it's putting you in a corner, and somebody that gets cornered is, is going to swing. And that's exactly what happens. I, I've got to talk to someone tomorrow. It's a message from earlier. Uh, meth. And came out of it, and, and because of it, and, and so forth, and been in a pretty good spot. Now suddenly, dating a meth. Oh, no. So how's that? Yeah, you know, um, yeah, yeah, that's going to be, yeah, uh, so put, put your, put in your chemical, meth, right. food, yep, I it's mean, all the same to your brain, it, 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 they've got to want it, they have, and you can want it for them all you want, and it doesn't, you know, actually, hurt your heart. It, it, You're peeing your own pants. That's right. Yeah. Peeing your own pants. Peeing your own. Pa- <laughs> it's it's where that deeper thought, the deeper well, and the deeper truth is that you believe God is good. That the deeper well actually even exists. Yeah. Right. Because as far as you know, the puddle is all there is, and you've only had puddle water. And you go, I don't know what you're saying, but this puddle refreshes me, and so we're doing the puddle, right? But like that's that's how that's how the 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 faith gets gets built in with with a lot of the addiction curriculum. Is because if you don't actually believe there is a deeper well to have, or you've never experienced that deeper well, then you don't have any reason to believe that the puddle ain't it. And so, if the puddle's all there is, then you go, "Why is everyone trying to keep me from the puddle all the right. time?" I should just go back to drinking. Right. This this puddle was just fine. And to be honest, there's a big mountain to this, you know, supposed well that you keep talking about, and I have never seen. And I'm taking your word for it. And you're going to make me climb up this big mountain, and you're not going to let me drink from the puddle while I'm running the mountain. And so all these things are stacked up against an addiction that goes, I te- you tell me there's great stuff at the end, I don't see it. You tell me I can't have any of the puddle while I'm climbing this terribly hard mountain that I've never had to climb before. My body's not used to it. My mind's not used to it. My heart doesn't want to do it. And you have all these things to be like, just do this, just do this. And then the one time I sneak down from the mountain and drink a little puddle, everybody gets mad at me again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, it is a legit struggle. It is a hard deal. And, and, and it's, it's, it, it is really... There's a lot more weight to it than I think we like to give. Uh, well, maybe I should at least say I. You know, there's a lot more weight to it than I recognize some of the time. Other times I see it clearly and recognize it for what it is, and sometimes, you know, I don't. And so, um, yeah, without without adding a bunch of comedy into the thing, right? It really is a big hill, but there is a deeper well on the other other end. And if you don't believe that God provides a deeper well, then it makes it that much harder to even want to go up the hill in the first place. 
You feel like you could walk in and go, I mean, just you're just you live there, right? You're a college aged or whatever. You go, hey, Dad, we going for a walk today? No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll check again tomorrow. Hey, Dad, how you feel about that walk today? Oh, you going for no walk? Go away. <laughs> you know, like you think it would go if you just warm down with your with funniness with comedy? I, I think that that is certainly a much better approach than many people are are want to do. Yeah, um, I think that again with patience, that's an important thing. You've got to realize that. <laughs> This may take 10 hours, it may take 10 weeks, it may take 10 years. Uh, it, it, when you're in that addiction fight for your life, time doesn't really move the same way. Um, and persistence is important from your loved Um Don't give up on it. All right. Okay, last one, ready? Yep. Dear life on the path. I am a 57-year-old man who has been divorced for eight years. Parenthesis, my ex-wife was the one who filed. Noted. I recently reconnected with my ex-wife's sister, Edith, whom I haven't seen Man. in years. We began a friendship, which has evolved into a serious relationship. My ex is having issues with our romance and has been trying to turn friends, our grown children, and our parents against us. Mm -hmm. We are both single and enjoy each other's company. Is there any reason why we should not pursue the relationship because, quotes, we're upsetting my ex-wife's family? Yeah, yeah I think there is. Supposed to be your... Uh Girlfriend's family, too. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. I was like, unless you guys plan on running away together to Bora Bora, you you got to realize that that's, that's the same family you're, you're in a serious relationship with. Man, that's rough. Uh, yeah, I mean, here's the, it's unfortunate uh, that you may have found a connection, but, like, that brings a whole bucket of complication. Uh, and, to, and even if you feel like this initial thing is, is a good idea, like, that complication will never go away. Um, and you may not have to interact with her with her family, your ex's family, uh, you know, right now. But like, there's going to be holidays, and there's going to be deaths, and there's going to be stuff. And like, like you'll do that, you won't get away with it. Um, you won't get away from it. I guess is the thing. And so, like, um, uh, I would make that decision. And I mean, there's nothing that keeps you from doing this, but like it, I would keep that into context, whether, um, that is enough to put extensive strain on your relationship and whether it's worth it. It's funny. Cause you get like, you, you find this a lot in like high school romances, right? Where like you have this group of say six friends and they love you and have always done what's best for you. And then you want to start dating the spittoon and all these six friends you feel have turned against you and don't have your best interest in heart and they all hate this man and you can't figure out why and you've blinded yourself to the facts that the six people that have always cared about you have said please don't date Splatoon he stinks <laughs> he's a stinky man <laughs> I think this is a huge mistake why don't you guys love me anymore how could you turn on me so fast we didn't turn on you we asked you for your betterment not to date Splatoon <laughs> and then from your perspective you feel like you've lost everything but what you've done is taken everybody that's ever loved you, told them that they see the world wrong as, as, a, as a cumulative group. When it's you, you're seeing the world wrong. Yeah. You're not looking at it right. And you dating your ex-wife's sister is, I mean, that sounds bad on paper. Not even to mention practice. These are terrible. This is a terrible idea. I, she filed divorce from you, which means she felt that your behavior was so abhorrent that she could no longer continue living with you. And then you start dating someone else in the family I mean, can't you see a roadblock sign from three miles away and not run into it? You know, you should have turned around two miles ago. This could be his life partner, Mike. No, it's not his life partner. It could. No, he ruined that when he dated her sister. 
married her sister. She ruined it by... And had kids by her sister. Didn't say that. Yes, it did. Older children. The, oh, old, the grown children. Mm. This is aunt slash mom. Literally, yes. Same. Yeah. Yeah, Come you know on. what? That's too complicated. You got to get out of there. No. That's my aunt mama. Terrible. This isn't worth it. No, it's not worth it. This dumb. Dumb. It's got to be other the reference. <laughs> Don't date spittoon. All right, Your what's friends secular got to say about this one? It's dumb, Booba. Yeah, well, agreed. I'm, don't act like you're wait, telling me wait, this is advice that, like I'm doing it. Booba, is that your advice too? What, run away? Oh, absolutely. No. Okay. Booba thinks they should stick it out. Damn. No, I do not feel that Are way you at run all. Are you I think, I think underneath all this, it, they're, they're both angry at the wife, and they're trying to get to her. That's what, that's what started the whole thing. Interesting. They, he was just annoying her, and now he thinks he's in love. Yeah, they need to. Run. Oh, they agree that she stole my life and she pulled my hair. So yeah, <laughs> okay. I think if they read forty days of marriage purpose, this might work. Is there a book called that? No. What? No. no did you just make up a self help book? I feel like I could sell it right now for millions. I'm a hundred percent certain you could. People consider forty days to be holy, and if I say your best marriage yet, forty days. I could sell a thousand right now. Fire it up, so sad that that's. I feel like that's completely true. Let's just let the space gather. <laughs> just let the air <laughs> set. This show has some real high moments, and it's had some real lows. <laughs> real lows. I'm I'm willing to accept that I was the lowest. I'd be okay with that. I give it a couple minutes, Buva. <laughs> Secular says. When your wife left you, she lost the right to dictate what you should do with your life, including whom you date or even marry next. She's acting like the proverbial dog in the manger, and I sincerely hope your friends and family don't let her get away with it. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> that's a thing? The proverbial <laughs> dog in the manger? Ben, what is that? Ben, look up that proverb with the dog in the manger. I'd really like to know about this proverbial you dog, in the, dog the manger. in the manger. What does that do? What like is secular it? just totally made that up does it act to try and sound good. Does secular it, and lost. Does it get out of hand? What does it do? <laughs> hold on. Like the dog in the manger. Okay, hold on. The dog in the manger. The story and metaphor of the dog in the manger derives from an old Greek fable which has been transmitted in several different ver versions. Interpreted variously over the centuries, the metaphor is now used to speak of one who spitefully prevents others from having something for which one has no use. So the ex-wife is being the dog in the manger to the sister and ex-husband? Yeah. Yeah, so she doesn't have any use for it, for the husband anymore, but she wants to make sure no one else gets it either. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, okay. I can see that. Uh, it's funny. At the uh, an alternative version of the fable was alluded to in saying 102 of the of the Gospel of Thomas. This example involves oxen rather than the horse. It says Jesus said, "Woe to the Pharisees, for they are like a dog sleeping in the manger of oxen. For neither does he eat, nor does he let the oxen." Anyway, hey, you've been listening to Live and Path. Appreciate you hanging out with us tonight. Uh, we're gonna let you go. We will be off next week, but we'll be back in the week after. And so, uh, you know, if you got anything you want to get a hold of us of, give us a call on the complaint line, 515-517-0085. That's 515-517-0085. Uh, uh, we will uh, be back in the saddle in a week or two. In the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path. <laughs>